The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on, man? Oh, man, much, Daryl. Just another beautiful day in the sports world, man. A lot of great stories out there for us to dive here first into, man. Yes, it is, man. Hey, Derrick Rose is out for the season. Kobe Bryant inks a new deal. Sounds like he's going to be a Laker for the rest of his life, man. Hey, man, and rightfully so. When you talk about the Lakers, when you think the Lakers, you think Kobe Bryant. You think Magic Johnson. You think, uh, uh what's the great GM, uh, the, the great GM that, uh, can't think of his name, man. But he put together a lot of those championship teams. And, uh, you know, it's sad that you mentioned Derrick Rose for the second year in a row. Uh, he's out with a knee injury, Daryl. It has me wondering, will this young man ever be the same? You know, it, it really makes you question. Um, you know, sometimes we spend, and this is not the first time we've seen this happen, where an athlete re- recovers so hard. Um, with his training to to recuperate from an injury, that what happens is the one leg that he's training to recuperate from is so much stronger than the leg that he didn't injure till it just it, 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 it happens all the time where the injury occurs in the leg that he hadn't been training in the, what we think is a good leg, and it really isn't a good leg. It's the weak leg now because he's trained so hard to repair his um his hurt leg to this happens man it's a terrible thing but it does happen uh yes it does Daryl and I mean you're talking about a young man that's 25 years old and I'm I'm thinking that the whole thought process behind uh, his surgery is to um, let's get it taken care of he's still young and maybe he can return to form but you're talking about one of the best players in the NBA when he was uh, when he was healthy Daryl but uh, the one thing uh, that I can say is Derrick Rose he inked his his extension just in the nick of time uh, he has over a 200 million dollar contract with Adidas uh, the Bulls pay him uh up close to a, another hundred million dollars so financially he's okay but uh i also worry about derrick rose mentally is how is he going to be able to handle another year of uh rehab daryl you know uh, i've never had a serious knee injury or a serious injury or i was out for an exterior extended period of time so i'm just uh sending my thoughts and prayers out with this young man and hopefully he'll have a speedy recovery yeah, you know, and, and and that's a good question. You know, um, a lot of people say he didn't handle the injury very well last year. And to have this injury back-to-back, back, 
you know, just when we thought we were about to see the the real Derrick Rose because he had some struggles early in the season, and we expected that coming from having a whole season off of last year, not playing one play last year. And then coming into this season, you know, we expected some sluggish play, maybe him coming around around December, but none of us expected to see a setback like this, man, where he's going to be out for the entire season. Hey, but Sam, let's move on to this, this, this young man, Jameis, Jameis Winston. Hey, looks like he's in some trouble, and it looks like his troubles may be hurting him from being someone that will be looked at for the rest of his life in the image of a Heisman Trophy winner. Darrell, it's, it's going to be tough. And I, I tell you, uh, the Jameis Winston sexual assault case, it has all eyes on Tallahassee, Florida for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, the Florida State Seminoles, uh, they're playing some great football, but this kind of takeaway uh, from the things that they've accomplished. The one thing that I have to give the young man is his his attention to detail. He had, has been awesome uh, through throughout the storm. He's remained calm, Darrell. And, uh, you know, I have to tip my hat to this young man. He's a red shirt freshman. I'm going to let the legal process handle itself. I'm not going to assume that he's innocent. I'm not going to assume he's guilty. But I will say, Darrell, uh, this could be this could be a major distraction for a lot of young men. And this 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 young man, he's special uh, in the aspect that uh, he's he's handling this, Daryl, and uh, he hasn't blinked. And uh, he's going to let the legal process uh, handle everything. But this is going to cost him, in my opinion, the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I feel numbers wise, he's done everything that he could do to win this trophy, Daryl. But uh, I, I think the Heisman uh, committee, they're in a, they're in a tough situation. Uh, and, and again, he's not, he's not guilty. He's not innocent, but it's just that negative publicity that he's receiving. You don't want your name associated with the sexual assault. Is that going to sway some of the voters? Well, I really think it is going to sway some of the voters, Sam. And uh, what, what troubles me the most about this whole situation is, this is an incident that happened December 7th, 2012. Here we are coming up on December 2013. You know, I mean, a year later. You know, and, I, and, 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 and I, I, what troubles me even more is to know that the Florida, that the Tallahassee Police Department is in cahoots some kind of way with the Florida State Seminole Football Department. And the thought that they have made some sort of cover-up, some sort of, of hide and don't tell, or, hey, let's just push this under the, under the woods until we can make our money from the bowl game, and maybe it'll come out after the bowl game, and it'll be all right. Because by then, we'll, we've already made our $36 million from the Rose Bowl or, or the Fiesta Bowl or the Sugar Bowl, whichever bowl they're going to. But it, th- that's what troubles me the most, man, is that the fact that the people that we think have our back are pushing something under the rug, hiding it to save the money trail, Sam. I- I'm not going to go that far, Daryl. You know, that, that, hey, that those are some tough allegations. But uh, I-, I will say uh, they're going to be investigated. Uh, 
like I said, all eyes are on Tallahassee. You know, there's questions. People, people want to know why did it take so long to come out? Uh, was there a lack of information? Uh, were they communicating with Mr. Winston's attorneys and keeping the other attorney uh, in the dark? Uh, again, I don't know all of the facts. I'm not going to insinuate anything, but I, I, I do know now that there's a lot of eyes on Tallahassee. Uh, the quarterback from for the Florida State Seminoles, he's the prime suspect in a sexual assault case. And again, he is not innocent. He's not guilty. There's due process. So I'm, I'm going to let the legal system take care of the legal system. Uh, but you know these things happen. Uh, people, the first thing people want to say is he getting certain treatment because he's a star athlete. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, if this guy's innocent, Daryl, Dave did uh, irreparable damage to his reputation. And again, he hasn't blinked. I mean, he's handling it with he's handling it the best way you can handle it, man. He's going out, he's playing, and again, there's two sides to every story. Uh, there's a lot of questions that has to be answered. And uh, it's reportedly that we'll know something this week. If he is charged based on the Florida State bylaws, that means he has to be suspended unless there's a extenuating circumstances. So that's something to keep your eye on because if he's charged this week based off the of Florida State rules, he will be suspended from that football team, Daryl. But I'm sure that there's going to be some circumstances that's going to be reinstate him immediately. And again, this is a legal well, matter, and we take all legal matters serious. Yes, we do, Sam. But when we look at legal matters and we find out that the police didn't want to release any information until uh, media sources and TMZ, um, TMZ asked for a copy of the police report. You know, then all of a sudden, that's when the wheels went in motion, man. This, would have, this, this story probably would have never come out if TMZ and the national media had not started raising questions with the Tallahassee Police Department. But now, Daryl, is it is it a story, or is it uh, could it be that the Tallahassee Police Department did a thorough investigation and didn't find it to be nothing? Now uh, that that raises another concern on my part. If this man wasn't Jameis Winston, if he was just Joe Blow from FSU, um, would would this be national news? And again, that's a part of that fishbowl that athletes live in i mean i mean you're talking about a guy that's in the thick of a national championship race that's having a an unbelievable uh red shirt freshman season if he's just a, a guy on the team daryl this isn't national news and i mean the media uh adversity and controversy sell stories and uh so that's why I'm a little suspect of this is because now this young man is having a super season. Um, he's in the middle of the of a Heisman Trophy campaign. He's in the thick of a national championship race. And now all of a sudden this is becoming a major, major distraction. And if he wasn't Jameis Winston, I don't know. We wouldn't be hearing about this. I can promise you that. I, I'll tell you this too, Sam. If he wasn't Jameis Winston... This, this case would have probably gone to the state's attorney's office eight months ago. You understand what I'm saying? And that's 11. what troubles me. Eleven months ago. And I'm saying eight months ago, it would have went to the state's attorney. And they would have probably, probably did something about it. 
I'm saying it would have if it was just if it was uh, Jonathan Gathers and no no disrespect to all the Jonathan Gathers out there, but if it was just plain old Jonathan Gathers, this case would have probably gone to the state's attorney's office a long time ago. And because this is Winston, a quarterback for the Florida State Seminoles, and because the lead attorney, lead lead detective in this case tells this young girl, hey. Your name is going to be raked all over the coals if you bring this star athlete to court over a sex case. I think that's really disrespectful. And I think it's kind of, I think we have to take a second look at the situation where we start saying, hey, if it would have been somebody else, yeah. Hey, Darren, hey, I, yeah, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a star athlete. I don't think it's, I don't care if it's Joe Blow off the streets. If he did it, he should be, uh, he should be held accountable. Uh, if, if anything, uh, when you're dealing with the victim or somebody that's making uh, allegations, I, I would just say, hey, you need to think long and hard about this and uh, make sure you're comfortable doing this. But I would do anything that I could to make them feel comfortable and to let them know that they have my support. And, and, and again, uh, you know, if he, if he said that, whatever detective said that, he needs to be held accountable for his actions because to me there's no place for that, uh, regardless of who you are. If you, if you file a crime, if you're a victim, uh, you want to be a uh, if anything, make me feel uh, comfortable because uh, I, I don't know what this young lady went through or, or what she's feeling. And, and again, uh, I'm not taking sides either way. If, if the quarterback did it, he should be held accountable. I don't care who he is, how many yards he throw for a run for. If you do a, a heinous act like that, you should be held accountable for your actions. And uh, he should be punished, whoever you are. I don't care who you are. You should be punished. Hey man, I, I tell you, man, it's a lot of questions that um that that has to be answered in this case, and it's still a whole lot of stuff that's being that's, that's being suppressed. I mean, they're not giving us a lot of information on this case, you know. And I'm not talking about the woman's name, and that, that's that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the woman says she had witnesses. All right. We have not heard from one of the witnesses. We don't know the name of the witnesses. It's just it's just so many things that are going on in this case that we just have they, they have not filled us in on. And we're going to find out probably in the next couple of days because this case has drawn so much national attention. You know, once we, when it was just a, a story in Florida, it wasn't a big deal. But this is a national story. And I think it's gonna. I think some things are gonna come to the light. I hate the thought that Jameis Winston might might be guilty of something, or even might even be framed of something. Because I know people that have actually gone through this situation with sexual assault cases and come out on the other side clean as a whistle. You know, it, it really never happened. And I think this this could be one of those cases. But I think the, the Tallahassee Police Department. Is really, really not fought, not not doing the work, not doing work with clean hands. I'll say it like that. Hey, Dale, let me ask you this: Do you feel with all of the distractions that's going on in Tallahassee, who cares about the Heisman? I know the FSU fans; they can. They don't care much about the Heisman, but they do care about the national championship. Uh, without Jameis Winston, is this Florida State team a national title contender? No, man. Miami would have beat him without Jameis Winston. 
<laughs> now, I, well, I really, Sam, really, this team is not not even close to the same ten and O team that we're looking at right now. They're not even close without Winston as their quarterback. And I and I ask that because there's a lot of talk uh, this offseason uh, leading into the fall that uh, the, the quarterback race was so close that you can flip a coin. But I, I kind of find that hard to believe that uh, because this young man, I, I haven't seen a quarterback this good as, as a freshman since last year when I saw Johnny Manziel take over the college world. But, uh, I mean, it's it, it's tough. And you know, you know what? To me, this this quarterback is better than Johnny Manziel because I'm telling you, this guy here is a prototype quarterback. You know, he's like six three and a half, six four. He stands in the pocket strong. He's a he's a big old burly quarterback. He does. He's and you look at him, you think, oh, this is a running quarterback. No, he's not a running quarterback. He is a stand in the pocket passer. He's a very elite quarterback, man, and and. And, and a rare find. And, and it really disappoints me to see that he may be caught up in something that might just ruin his career, man. If he's guilty, this is going to this is gonna um, definitely uh, it's gonna put a damper on his career, man. It, it's it's going to be tough, man. Uh, I, I think back to uh, not to compare him to the young man, um, Cecil uh, Short at uh, LSU. Had a bright future, man, and got caught up. And making bad decisions uh, again, we have to let the legal, the legal course, the legal process take its course. But uh, if if not anything, it's a lot of teachable moments that uh, coaches and uh, athletes are going to learn from this. And uh, you know, you can never be safe, man. We we when you're at these universities, you're the big man on campus. You got to walk a fine line, man. And it, it, it's almost. If if someone has been drinking, if have had anything, you, you stay away. I mean, and, you know that's true, Sam. But, you know, let me let me say this to you. Why was the Florida State University Police Department given a copy of the police report after it was determined that they did not have jurisdiction, especially given the fact that Winston's attorney represents Florida State University football team? And they have a clear conflict of interest, man. You know, it's a lot more going on with this story, Sam. But, hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on Voice America Radio. We'll be right back with more sports information after these messages. flagship station for sports voice america sports get ready to talk sports with the big guys tune in to lockdown coverage with keith lewis every tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team the players and what's next it's time to have fun with the game Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, 
you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, before we leave this Jameson Winston story, man, I really think that the, um, the police department owes us a lot of answers in Tallahassee. I think there's some cover-up going on here. I think that there's a money trail that we need to watch. I think that the Tallahassee, uh, Florida State Seminole football team, without Jameson Winston... They would not be at the position they're in right now in a position to go to the Rose Bowl and bring in some $30, $40 million to the university. And I think that is the main reason we have not seen more interaction with the police in this whole case. Hey, Daryl, time will tell. I think some questions are going to be answered this week, uh, and, and it's going to be interesting, again, because if he's charged by, by the, um, everything I've researched, he will be suspended unless the university comes up with the, a reason to reinstate him. Hey, Bedell, man, there's going to be some big-time football played this weekend in Alabama. The number one Alabama Crimson Tide will take on the number four Auburn Tigers in the Iron Bowl. And I'm going to tell you, Daryl, I grew up in the state of Alabama, in Montgomery, Alabama, and you eat a roll tide or you war eagle. There's no straddling the fence. I grew up on Tracy Rocker. David Rocker, uh, Bo Jackson, Reggie Slack, and those guys. But I tell you what, man, the state of Alabama has won the last four national championships. Auburn has won one. Alabama has won three. You're talking about a powerhouse state for football, the Iron Bowl. Where else would you rather be? 330 is going down at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Who do you like in this game? You're talking about an Auburn team that has a new coach that, that took over for Chiswick. And Malzahn has this team rolling, and uh, they're, they're, they're going to battle Alabama for not only this game and a right to play in the SEC championship, but you're talking about potential recruits that are watching. Wow, I tell you, Sam, man, um, I was recruited by Bear Bryant. I almost went to the University of Miami because he was such a legend and legendary coach. But I tell you, I actually sat down and had breakfast with Pat Dye when I went on my official visit to the University of uh, Auburn, 
And, uh, man, you're talking about a really cool guy, a real cool guy. I mean, just Pat Dye was just, I mean, he almost whispered when he talked, but you could hear everything he said so clearly. I really think this is is probably going to be one of the biggest games of the season in college football, and I think Alabama's going to win. I said that real quick. Hey, man, I I tell you what, um, with Coach Malzahn at Auburn now in his offense, um, their quarterback, he's he's a big-time running threat. Uh, I really feel with him being one-dimensional, that kind of tilts the um, – the that tilt, tilts the pendulum to Alabama. Alabama's going to come in and going to run the ball. They're going to play tough defense, but at the same time, man, in these rivalry games, anything can happen. There, I played in, I started in four Michigan Ohio State games, and I tell you what, Ohio State came in a couple times, ranked number one, number two in the country, man. And when you get in these games, momentum, turnovers, they can be big. Anything can happen. I hate to say this, I'm an Auburn fan, but I think the tide's going to roll. I like Alabama in a close one, Daryl. Yeah, and I like Alabama in a close game too, man. And I'm not so sure it's going to be so close. Um, you know, we saw we saw uh, Auburn pull out a miracle last week, but I just can't see them pulling out two miracles. And, and not to say that it's going to take a miracle for them to beat Alabama. They're just going to have to be playing at their very, very best. And um, – I, Alabama's going to have to make some mistakes, and, and and it's possible. You know, we haven't seen Alabama make a whole lot of mistakes throughout the season, so this could be one of their um, their letdown games. Just not so sure it's going to happen. That guy, that guy Saban has his team prepared all the time. He's almost like the Belichick of college football. So, what's the key for Auburn if they're going to win this game? What are they going to have to do, Daryl, to win this game to beat a tough Alabama team that has their mind set on repeat? You know, man, just playing this game, we know that it's going to be a smash-mouth football game. And if if Auburn's offensive line and defensive line can dominate that smash-mouth attitude, I think we'll see a win from Auburn. And, I mean, if they can – if and we know that Auburn's defensive line is bringing a lot of thunder, and they're going to be aggressive, they're going to play hard, and I, I, we know that Auburn's quarterback has the potential of breaking some long runs with his legs – um, he's a decent passer, so don't don't get it twisted. They have a chance to win this game, but I really think that the defensive line and offensive line of Auburn is going to have to be the difference makers for them to go on and win this game. You're talking about Gus Malzahn, one of the most creative offensive minds in all of college football, going against a Nick Saban-led team that's going to be defensive-minded and want to run the football. I tell you what, I know where I'm going to be at 3.30, Daryl. I'm going to be right in front of my TV uh, eating some popcorn, and uh, hopefully I'll be happy because the next game we're going to talk about is – Ohio State Buckeyes, they're coming to the big house. They're riding a 23-game winning streak. Urban Meyer, he's ready to cry and pout and say why his Buckeyes should be playing for the national championship. But uh, they're, they're, they're facing a team. Uh, my alumni, I, I hate to say this, we're a mediocre team in a mediocre conference. And uh, it, it, we're going to have to do – we're going to have to play our best game this year if we want to um, upset the Buckeyes, Daryl. And uh, to be honest, from watching us, I don't know if we have enough 
to to beat the Buckeyes. And, and as much as I hate to say that, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think back, Daryl, to 1995 uh, when Ohio State rolled into the big house with uh, Eddie George, the Heisman Trophy winner, Orlando Pace, Corey Stringer, Terry Glenn against a, a seven and four Michigan team, Daryl. And Tim Bianca Batuka ran for 325 yards, and we upset that team. But I don't know if these guys are cut from the same cloth that we were, Daryl. So, uh, and as much as I say this, if the Michigan Wolverines are going to upset the Ohio State Buckeyes, they're going to have to. The offensive line, all eyes will be on the offensive line. Uh, they have been a major disappointment this year. Uh, if you watch the Michigan State game, Devin Gardner got beat bloody. If you watch the Nebraska game, he got beat up. They're going to have to give Daryl, uh, they're going to have to give Devin Gardner time to throw the football. And uh, hopefully we can create a couple turnovers and make some plays in special teams because this is a very, very dangerous Ohio team, Daryl. It is, man. And, you know, as much as we don't like Urban Meyer, you got to get a guy credit, man. I mean, he's done a wonderful job at Ohio State. The team is undefeated this year. Um, looked like he may not have an opportunity to play for a national championship. Yes. But I, but, but I really can't see Michigan standing in his way this week. I mean, I mean, you, 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 sometimes we ask questions uh, and People ask me this question all the time. Can a coach really motivate a team? Does a coach motivate a team? Or does the players motivate each other? I really think Urban Meyer is a motivator. Urban Meyer is one of those guys that challenges his team every day. You know, he, he's one of those guys that, that tell you, say, hey, don't even come out here if you're not going to practice at your hardest. If you don't plan on getting better today, you plan on getting worse. And I think he's that kind of guy that, that instills this in his players on a daily basis, and he gets the most out of them, man. You know, you, you, we, we look at this quarterback, this, this uh, Braxton kid. I, don't, I wonder how in the world a quarterback of his caliber could come, could come out after knee injuries after back injuries, hip injuries, all these other injuries this kid has gone through, and still run the ball with the authority that he runs the ball with. And he is a – this is a, a drop-back passer, an accurate passer at that, man. So this is something that I think that spills over from your coach. You know, your coach lets you, lets you know that, hey, when, when, when you think you have nothing in the tank, you still got a quarter of a tank left, man. You got to dig deep and find it. But, uh, hey – I tell you what, man, uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be closer than people think. And I think we're going to sing the victors after the game, but it's going to take every man in that locker room if it's going to happen, Daryl. <coughs> Can Brady Hope save you guys, man? Is he is he the savior for for the Wolverines, man? I don't know if anyone's the savior. I, I, I can't say there's no savior. I, again, coaches coach and players play. Uh, this is a game you don't have to say anything about. The music's going to be playing all week. You're going to hear, you're going to hear the clippings from the great games in the past. And uh, every man that comes to that university, they know what this rivalry is about. It, it just gives me chills talking about it, Daryl. I mean, just being there, living it, and being a part of it. And and again, I started four years against the Buckeyes. I was three and one, and I still have nightmares about the one that we let get away. But uh. 
again, it's going to take every man in that locker room. It's going to take a great performance. And you always talk about legacies, how you want to be remembered. These are the games that you remember. This is how you submit your legacy. And uh, I, I tell you what, those guys from a Michigan man to Michigan to, to those Michigan men, they better bring a great effort. That's all you can ask. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> man, you it's gave a, me you gave a, me chills, it, man. You it, make it, me it's a great effort. Cap- you made me want to strap on my chin strap, Sam, and just get out there and do something, man. Hey, man, it's a blue day, man. It's going to be a blue day. They coming into our house. It's senior day. It's senior day, Dale. Yeah. You think about your senior day, your last time scrapping it, strapping it on in that stadium. You walking down with your mom and dad. Oh, man. And I, I tell you what, man, there's going to be a lot of emotion out there, a lot of emotion. I remember it like it was yesterday, man. I, I really do, man. Hey, you know, um, the Florida Gators, man, they lost to Georgia Southern on they got, Saturday. They got pounded, Dale. 429 yards rushing. They didn't have a single-yard passing, but they only attempted three passes. When you run the ball for 429 yards, you don't have to throw it, Dale. Georgia you, Southern, Sam. Georgia Southern to fall to four and seven. Wow. Do you really think Coach Mus- Coach Muschamp job is, is still secure? Well, Daryl, he said he's not worried. Uh, Foley, the president, came out last week and said that he supported uh, Muschamp. But I'll tell you this. When you lose to Georgia Southern, your job is instantly on the line. You're coaching for your job. Yes, he is. He's coaching for his job. Another reason he's coaching for his job, you give up 429 yards rushing. You pay them $550,000 to come there to beat them. And not only do they take the money, they upset you. And also, you know, you can say, hey, Florida lost nine guys to injury. Well, Georgia Southern has 65 scholarships max, Daryl. They're playing without 19 of their guys, or their 65 guys that are on scholarship, Daryl. So what does that tell me? There's no excuses when you lose to a team like that. They there have is no excuse. 46 guys on scholarship. So now, yes, the man is coaching for his job. I don't care what he say. And a lot of times a president can support you and everybody can support you until a great candidate comes up and they say, hey, this might be our only opportunity to get this guy. Or well, you, you get some you get some prideful alumni that's stroking some big checks and they say, Hey, as long as this guy's there, we're not we're not donating any money. So Well, Sam, you know, I think that might be the thing why he might keep his job is because of the money. You know, um the word on the street in Gainesville, and we live pretty close to Gainesville, is that if he is to be fired the Gators would owe him, University of Florida would owe him $8 million. And I don't think the Gators want to want to give him $8 million and him not. It, I don't know. If they, I'm sure the Gators can afford it, but I don't think they want to give him $8 million and not um, get anything in return for it. I really don't feel that they're going to have to pay the $8 million there. I really feel that the right alumni – the right guy lines up. There's a good chance that uh, that he won't have he won't have his job there. But again, it has to be the right coaching candidate, a young well, guy, a young hot guy. Well, you know who, who's it got to be young, hot, and a big name. 
I don't think guy, Davis, the only you know another guy out there is Lovey Smith, man. I don't know I don't know if he's the guy. And there's also there's also a guy in Louisville that has some Florida ties. I don't know if they're ready for him. Yeah, I don't know if they're ready for him either. I, I really don't. <clears throat> but um, you know, um we, we we hear we hear John Gruden's name called a lot, you know, his because he's in Florida, he coached Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of times we don't we don't hear about his brother though. You know, and I think his brother is eventually gonna be a head coach either in the NFL or at a college. But um but but John Gruden's brother will be a will be a coach in this league soon. Jay Gruden, he's doing Jay, that house. He's doing an outstanding job with uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He got some nice young talent. Uh, he got a big time. Well, Andy Dawn's a nice young quarterback, and he got AJ Green, one of the best young wide receivers in the game. Uh, that that is a very very interesting name, Daryl, that you threw out there, and, and it's very possible. Uh, I, I tell you, man, I really feel that Charlie Strong is going to have his choice of schools or jobs in the National Football League if he decide that he want to make that step, uh, that jump to the next level. Uh, you know, Kevin Sumlin, he's another guy. I don't know if Sumlin is going to make a lateral move and go from one SEC school to another one, but I can see Charlie Strong leaving Louisville for the Gators if uh, if that opportunity presents itself. Yes, yeah, Sam, I, I, can, I can see Charlie Strong wanting to make that move, but I really, I'm not so sure that the people in Gainesville are ready for an African American head coach to coach that team in, in at the University of Florida. Hey guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on Voice of America. We'll be right back with more sports information. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Hey, we're talking wolves and the pros and cons of them with David Allen from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Minnesota Deer Hunter Association Executive Director Mark Johnson. Ah, we're a wolf pack! With uh, Jeff Hagner, who's the Director of Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and finally, Mrs. Bonnie. And it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. 
It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam. Let's get into some of these people that made small change over the weekend, man. You know, um, I could actually throw the Florida Gators in there because they, they are definitely small change when Georgia Southern, Southern beats you. But, Sam, Peyton Manning had a 24-point lead at halftime and lost. You got to throw him in the small change. Definitely, Darryl. You got to throw him in there. You got to throw the Denver Broncos uh, defense in there for blowing that type of lead. And you got to ask yourself, is Jack Del Rio, was he the right choice for the interim head coach? I think that's a good question. He got fired in Jacksonville. You get fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think you deserve to be a head coach in the NFL. Nowhere. But, Darryl, another question I have, you know, is Peyton Manning, in in the weather, in cold weather, you know, uh, I like, I love the fact what Peyton Manning is doing. He's playing at an MVP. Uh, he's having an MVP type season, Daryl. But why did he pick the Denver Broncos? Because if the Denver Broncos win home field advantage, he's going to have to play in cold weather. And Peyton Manning in the in the cold don't really do well. And uh, last night that kind of showed he was average at best. And I'm a big time Peyton Manning fan. He was definitely average at best. But I guess what my biggest question with Peyton Manning is, how can a quarterback put on gloves in the cold weather when he doesn't necessarily wear gloves during the regular season or during the season at all, and all of a sudden we look up and he has on black gloves? That right there is a telltale sign that he really didn't have any intentions of throwing the ball a whole lot when he had gloves on, man. Now I'm wondering, Darrell, are they contenders or pretenders? The Denver Broncos, they're 9-2, and two, but are they Super Bowl contenders or are they pretenders? I'd say they're playoff contenders. Super Bowl, that's still up in the air right now for me. I can see them in the playoffs. I can see them winning maybe one or two games in the playoffs. But how many times have we seen Peyton Manning dive out in the playoffs? And this might be just another year of him doing the same thing, man. And I'll say this too, Sam. Coach Fox was truly missed in that game last night, too. You know, Jack Del Rio is the interim head coach, but Coach Fox, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, really was missed last night. The game looked like it was going in every category haywire last night in the second half. The game was not controlled by the, by the coach, by the Denver Broncos, and I really think if Coach John Fox had been there last night, he would have controlled that game a lot better in the second half. Well, Darrell, we, we will see. Contenders or pretenders? I'm saying that they are pretenders in his show last night. Hey, Darrell, another team that was 9-1, and one, the Kansas City Chiefs lost a heartbreaker at home to the San Diego Chargers. And uh, now you have two 9-2 teams, the Chiefs and the Broncos. They're going to meet this week in Arrowhead, Darrell. Two teams on the small change list. Somebody got to get off that list, Darrell. 
you know, man, um, Sam, I, I, I'm really beginning to think that the Chiefs are pretenders. And it's, it's very hard from coming from one of the worst teams in the, in the NFL last year to being the top dog in the NFL. And how long could you sustain being the top dog in the NFL? And now we see them basically dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. They're no longer the top dog. Now they're just a, a top team. And how long are they going to be able to be a top team? If they lose two more games in a row, we're just going to throw them in the pile of being average. Hey, Daryl. well, it's going to show this weekend. You're talking about a team that thrives and, and that really relies on their defense. They were in a shootout with the Chargers, 41, lost a 41-38 game. Phillip Rivers hit a pass late in the game. And, uh, again, Daryl. I'm not sold on these teams. I, I I know like everybody was on the Chiefs bandwagons. Everybody was on the Broncos, but the team I kept mentioning was the Patriots, and we're going to talk about them a little later. But Daryl, I'm tired of talking about these small change teams. I want to talk about some of the some of the teams and some of the players that earned their dough, that earned their money, and the guy that jumps out to me. The first guy that jumps out to me is Tom Brady. His team was down 24 to zip at the half. They fumbled on three straight positions. The Broncos looked to be in control. Everybody's saying, hey, who's he throwing the ball to? But I tell you who he throw the ball to. Whoever's open gets the ball, Daryl. And Tom Brady rallied the the Pats from 24 down. And in doing so, he completed 34-50 passes for 344 yards and three touchdowns. And also, you gotta you gotta give a shout out to the coach Bill Belichick, man. You're talking about in-game adjustments, something that the Denver Broncos weren't able to do. Bill Belichick, as long as he's coaching in the National Football League and for the New England Patriots, they're going to be all right, Daryl. You know, Sam, I, I, I would agree with you, man. Um, Tom Brady earned his dough. Tom Brady is probably one of the, you very rarely see him lose his cool, get upset, get angry. Uh, This year I've seen him yell at his teammates more than I've ever seen him in his entire career. Bill Belichick never seems to get rattled, never gives anybody more information than he he wants them to have. You got (laughs) to admire the guy for that, man. You know, and and, and, and I'm going to tell you, man, I've said it on this show I've said it in our conversations many times. I really like Bill Belichick. I don't like the Patriots, but I really like Bill Belichick's style as a coach, as an offense, defense, special team mind. And my other guy, man. Hey, but I'm not a, I'm not a Patriots fan. Just haven't been a Patriots fan. Next man, hey, hey Daryl, he lives by that next man up philosophy. I'll tell you what, it was some guys that fumbled the ball. And they didn't see it again, man. You know, your coach tell you if you let it go, the next guy up, man. And I, and I tell you what, New England, they just they keep churning it out, and they get the most out of their guys. Uh, they believe in their system. They recruit the right guys for their system. And it was just, hey, it was a big-time football game last night. And that makes me put the Patriots on that uh, contender list, Daryl. I said it all along. Their defense is a lot better. When you can overcome turnovers like that, and we mentioned it in our conversation before we came on the air, you're talking about a playoff atmosphere. Last night was a big time playoff atmosphere, and they responded, Daryl. And looked like Peyton Manning was a little bit shaken by that too, though. Hey man, let's go on to people that are earning the dough, man. Kobe Bryant just signed a two year extension worth forty eight million 
How does that happen when you haven't played this year? You're coming Kirk. off an Achilles injury. You're May not ever play. You're 37 years old, and he's going to still be the highest-paid guy in the National Basketball Association, Daryl. How do you do that? I guess, they, I guess they're paying him because people are going to come to the stadium just to see him. You understand what I'm saying? Man, I told you I played football in Milan, Italy once. But while I was there, I used to go to all of these different kind of nightclubs. And these people would always invite me in because I was an athlete, professional athlete. But they invited me in, man, because other people came in to see me hang out in the club. So, Sam, I'm telling you, man, they paying, they paying Kobe Bryant this money so people can just come to the stadium and look at him. Well, I'll tell you what, Daryl, he returned to practice last week. And he might, maybe they know something we don't know, but I'll tell you what, man, Kobe Bryant is one of the most competitive guys I've ever seen besides the guy that wore number 23 for the Chicago Bulls. And uh, I, I, I like the signing, man. I think Kobe, uh, two more years, they'll be able to, with him signing, he took a little pay cut, just a little bit, not a lot. It's going to allow them to go out and sign some more guys, but the Lakers, they don't mind paying the luxury tax. And, uh, to me, Daryl, I think it's right, man. He's He's been a great pro. He's brought a lot of rings to your organization. Maybe you overpaid him a little bit based off of what he's, he did. But at the same time, man, it's good to see him, to see that he's going to retire later. Another guy, Daryl, Josh Gordon, 14 catches, 237 yards, and a touchdown and a losing effort to the Steelers. I tell you what, Daryl, this is a guy that entered the supplemental draft out of Baylor. Um, there was a lot of talk about him being traded this year, but you're talking about one of the rising superstars in the National Football League, man. This young man can play some football, Daryl. And when you go again, the Steelers defense terrorized again, but uh, this young man, he earned his dough, Daryl. He earned hey, his man, dough. you know, and I, I would agree with you, Sam. He is a up-and-coming star. And, um, and and it seems like he came from out of nowhere. He played very little last year. Hey, but my my person that earned their dough, earned their chips, picked up a bunch of dollar bills in his pocket this week from his play is No. Sean Moreno, thirty seven carries, two hundred and twenty four yards, and a TD. Hey, he was he was toting the mail, man. Daryl, this is, hey, man, no Sean Moreno. He definitely earned his money. And you're talking about a guy who um, we talked about earlier in the year, uh, talked about just was he going to make the team. Not only did he make the team, this guy has been a standout all season long, man. He's having a Pro Bowl year, Daryl, and uh, he definitely earned this dough because as a running back, uh, you can attest to it better than I can. But when you carry the ball 37 times, you told the mail, man. They're giving you the mail, and you're delivering it also. Hey, man, you know, Bum, Bum Phillips used to say it about Earl Cameron. Say, hey, that football's not heavy. It, it definitely wasn't heavy last night. And no shot, he did his thing, man. Hey, Daryl, another guy who earned his dough. He's having a great season this year. Phillip Rivers, man, in the upset of the Kansas City Chiefs. 27-39, 392 yards, Three touchdowns, and he, he threw his last one a pretty pass. He put it right on the money, Daryl. It, it, it was like uh, Joe Montana to Jerry Rice. Uh, less than 30 seconds to go, man, and he upset at KC in KC, man. So Phillip Rivers definitely earned his dough. 
you know, man, Philip Rivers came into the NFL with a chip on his shoulders. You know, because um, um, Eli Manning made it clear he would not go to the San Diego Chargers. Philip Rivers had no choice but to go to the San Diego Chargers as the first pick in the NFL draft. And in reality, Eli Manning was the first pick in the NFL draft. So I think he's felt like a pawn or felt like a little felt a little used or a little abused or not really appreciated since he's been in the league. And he's always played with a chip on his shoulder and always played like he has something to prove to somebody. And man, I admire this guy, Philip Rivers, have always liked him. And hey, when he has Antonio Gates, Gates don't even have to go out for a pass. He takes two people. He takes two steps off the line, and Antonio Gates take two and three people. So got to have one, one person getting a one-on-one on one side of the field or another. So it makes it easy for Phillip Rivers. And he's, he's turned out to be a very smart quarterback, accurate passer, hey, and, a, and a heck of a competitor, man. Hey, Daryl, I got another team that really earned the dough. This time, I'm giving it out to a whole unit, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Four interceptions of Stafford, uh, of Matthew Stafford. A touchdown, uh, an interception return for a touchdown, a three-game winning streak. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, they earned the dough, and they upset the Detroit Lions 24-21 in Detroit, Daryl. I tell you what, man, the Bucs, they're scrappy, they're fighting, and maybe have just saved Cosciano's job. Hey man, well if you're gonna give out if you if you're gonna give a game ball to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. The defense, four interceptions there, a touchdown, a defensive touchdown, that's worthy of a game ball. I'm giving a game ball to our other home team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Came up with their second victory of the season. When some of us thought they might be going over for the season, the Jaguars have pulled out their second victory. Jaguars, you better slow down. Mess around and stay in the city of Jacksonville for another 10 years. Better stop that winning. And I tell you what, what they did do with that victory is they might have knocked themselves out of the number one pick, man. And I tell you, that's pretty big. If you want a uh, Teddy Bridgewater or one of these big time uh, quarterbacks, it's going to be available, Daryl. Yeah, but hey, man, the, the Jaguars need to win now, right now. And hey, man, I'm gonna say this: I really think, I really, I, I really think that Big Ben is back on track. Uh, I, you know, and I'm and, and and I'm I'm not a big fan of Big Ben. I know Tomlin has gone through his situations, but I really think that Big Ben. It's back on track. We're down to 60 seconds there. Hey, there, I, I like Big Ben. He's playing well. I even started him this week in my fantasy league. Got me some good points. Uh, but, Daryl, real quick, I, I hate to put a damper on it, but the Jaguars got a victory, but they beat a Houston Texan team whose coach has got to be on the hot seat. I hate to say it. Uh, he has he, His seat is on fire, 2-8. and eight. Hey, the mini stroke may save his career, man. Hey, man, if I take one look into the future, I see Bill Cowher, former Pittsburgh Steelers coach, coming back and coaching somewhere in the NFL next year. It might be in Houston. It might be in New York with the Jets. It might be in New York with the Giants. But Bill Cowher will be coming back and coaching, coaching, coaching in the NFL. Hey, well, Darrell, it's been fun, man. But... But we gotta, we gotta go, man. Hey, it's always fun, Sam. Guys, before I leave, 
Instant replay will not be a good thing for Major League Baseball next year. A word from the future. Have a good week, guys. It's always fun. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.